So it's my now last day formally, or my last day formally as an applicant version here. So I've taken the liberty to include some personal testimony that seem relevant to the reading. And, uh, and as you know, I'm quite an emotional person, so I'm quite emotional. I don't apologise. <laughs> anyway, I hope you have First, your question What in life gets you excited? Taking delivery of a brand new car, an e bike in my case, a new phone, uh, a trip uh, to Lakeside, a visit to your favourite restaurant, a new job, a new relationship, travel, seeing the spring flowers in your garden, finishing a business deal. Well, did Jesus get excited? Question. Uh, you know, we know he thirsted at one point, he cried out. Uh, he, he cried, didn't he? He cried for his, when his friend died, he got angry. Did he get excited? So let's see. He's sitting under the well, feeling thirsty, a foreign woman, a Samaritan turns up with a bucket on the road. He boldly breaks all convention, as Jews have nothing to do with Samaritans, and men don't speak to women they don't know at that time. He asks for a drink. The woman doesn't leave or withdraw. She's not phased by this bold and presumptuous request. She's not intimidated by men. She's had plenty of experience of them. She knows they can be cheeky, demanding towards women. Jesus then has a challenging theological discussion and debate with her. She's clever and well informed. She's amazed at Jesus' insight into her life. And in her heart, she knows that this man has to, the answer to all her human longings. The encounter with Jesus is so powerful and unsettling, but thrilling, that she has to share the experience with someone. In fact, Anyone who will listen. She forgets a bucket, rushes off to town. Her passion is persuasive. Many leave the town to hear what Jesus has to say. Many believe Jesus finds he must stay and explain everything to them. Many believe because of the woman's testament. And then many more when hearing Jesus' teachings. So what a breath of fresh air for Jesus after his own people, his hometown, proved hesitant or reluctant to receive him and his message. They were even hostile. Here in Samaria, he's welcomed with open arms and made to stay and share with them. How wonderfully encouraging for Jesus as he sees many living. They receive what he calls the gift of God. Water to quench their spiritual thirst that is so powerful that it will be a spring of living water within them, welling up to eternal life. They recognize Jesus as the Messiah, and they, they've been waiting for, as told by their scriptures. They're so profoundly touched by Jesus' presence and power, they explain, We know this is the Christ, the Savior of the Well, surely it couldn't have been much more exciting for Jesus. That the faith and action of just one woman opens the way for Jesus' teaching for the gospel to reach 
a new people. The Samaritans. When I read this story, I found it very personally challenging. I thought of my own response to Jesus 30 years ago when I came to him. Like the woman of Samaria, I wanted to share the joy at that time of anyone I met family, friends, neighbours, business partners. But today, am I as fervent as I was then? This woman's experience of finding faith, of meeting Jesus, resonated with me. And like, her, like her, I too have tasted so much of life. Not five marriages, which she had, in fact only one. But I had worked for five companies by the time I was 25 in commercial property. By 30, I was married with three lovely children. By 35, we had everything money could buy big house, big car, and me having a big ego. But there was something missing. Food to eat, you do not know. My food 
is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Although Jesus had completed his work on earth, his work goes on. We're told until the gospel is preached, until the ends of the earth. It's us, the church, in our generation, to which Jesus has delegated this work. So, how are we doing? And how am I doing? I felt very changed. If one is going to work, go to work, one has to be available. And how available am I? I was made available very much when I first became a follower of Jesus. But what about now? So yes, Lord, I want to be available, but what is the work that is to be done? Well, it tells us in Ephesians 3, For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in, walk in. As you know, we don't have to work to gain God's love and acceptance, but there is work prepared for us to do. And Jesus explains what the work is in his talk to the disciples. This is just after the Samaritan woman has run off to the town. Jesus sounds excited as he shares this with his disciples. Sends the excitement. Look, friends, listen, we have work to do. There is harvest to be reaped, to be gathered in, a harvest of souls. It's right and it's ready. You can forget that it takes months between saying and reaping because it's fully right now. You are the ones called to do the reaping. Others have done the hard work. Now you can share in their labors and share their joy. There are so many people when they hear the message, will respond. So welcome and rewarded. As the harvest is gathered in, those who sow and those who reap will be paid, will receive wages. Countless blessings poured upon you and them, both for now and for eternity. So we never need to be unemployed. And there's nothing more exciting and rewarding than bringing in the harmonies. It's ready. Well, I decided to try and make it a habit to start the day by telling the Lord, here I am, I'm available. And I started doing this when I started when I knew what I had to preach on. Here we all go. And extraordinary things have been happening. And I've just mentioned a few. We have an immediate next door neighbour who is a recluse and avoids everybody. Sadly, we've only managed to speak to them in the 25 years we've lived there about a dozen times. The dear lady is in the process of moving, and in the storm, tiles fell from the roof into our car. I managed to get a message to as she was staying at the daughter's. I was in the garage a few days later when the lady approached. I didn't recognize her, and 
until she was close. It was our neighbor. I was amazed. She came to thank me for making contact. So I gave her my, got my St. Michael's visiting card and out of my wallet uh, so that she'd have my telephone and uh, I said, you know, in case you need to contact, if we can give any help to you. And um, she pointed to the thing that said reference on my card and said, oh, you must be proud. Well, I felt a little embarrassed as I hope I'm not proud. But nothing was after praying for
get the harvest in while the going is good. You know, in Christchurch, it takes a number of people each week just to set up the cafe. And if they didn't, we'd, have, we'd be unable to have somewhere to take people who'd like to come. So, it's Alpha, it's coffee mornings, it's toddlers, children's special events, holiday club. It's all working together, isn't it, to make things happen. As we've discovered, the more we're available, the more coincidences happen, the more the work, the Lord's work gets done. Of course, not everyone that is brought across our path is friendly and loving. And it's helped me to remind myself that all people I meet, all people we meet, are loved by God. All people we meet are loved by God and are potentially children of God, even beautiful. If, if harvesting souls is worth exciting Jesus so much, wouldn't it be the same for us? Much more thrilling than anything that excites us the day to day. For Jesus, the excitement was doing the will of the Father and finishing his work. Living and dying, and now interceding for us, working through the power of the Holy Spirit, hand in hand with us, to complete the work the Father has called him to do.